Hey, and welcome to Savior Sorry, the podcast where we tell you about the rise and fall of your favorite, or rather, least favorite celebrity. I'm your host, Jose. Joining me is my co-host and best friend, Katrina Rochelle. Hello, hello, hello. And it is a Katrina episode today, so what shall we be talking about, Katrina? You know, a little bit of this and that. So, in this episode, we will be looking at Miss Miley Cyrus. Really? Yes, I pulled this out of my ass <laughs> uh, just because I wanted a celebrity who, you know, has a little controversy to her name, but I didn't want to go too heavy on the Scandial. Yeah, Miley's like at an all-time high right now. Before we start, uh, <laughs> any thoughts on my? Were you a big Miley fan during the teen years, her prime? I gotta say, We Can't Stop was came out like our senior year of high school around that time. Yes, essentially. And I was... You know, it was the 12 years of partying. That was when you were in your party animal phase. So, you know, I love that song. When they said, we can't stop, I took another shot. I did another, you know what? And I was I was good to go. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, did, you sure enough did you, you know what? Uh-huh, because you couldn't stop me. We could not stop. And Miley has some banders, Wrecking Ball, Malibu, mm-hmm. Yonder Now. I would not say I'm a stan, but I I like some of her songs. All right. So you were big on Miley post Hannah Montana and all that. Yeah, I I never seen Hannah Montana. All right. All right. Good to know where you file. You file. Mm -hmm. So Miley is only 30 years old today. But because of the fame, the fortune, and how she found success so early, in her life she's lived a couple of lives miley cyrus is someone who i would say i've been a fan of pretty much on and off since she's appeared on my television screen i would say i'm not a stan like like you but um i did watch hannah montana on and off especially when it first came on i kind of veered off as you know we got older into high school i didn't need to need to watch that shit and i never really watched any of the movies when it came to the music that's where she got me yeah, and like you said, she's lived many lives, and I think she's had multiple eras. A hundred percent, she has. She more than she's the uh, the Madonna when it comes to that. She's always done a different era when it comes to an album or a movie. She's she switches she switches it up frequently. As we see in the here and now, 2023, Miley has seen a lot less criticism and been celebrated a lot more. And she's been able to enjoy her success and her popularity a lot more than I think she ever did as a teenager and young adult. And I think that's part of her maturing. Yeah. And oh, sorry. I just lost it. Hold on. It's gone. Continue. (laughs) Did you really? I really lost it. God damn it. I had it. It was a good point. (laughs) Don't say it was a good point. I I know it was because I had to, I was, and like, you know, I was about butt in. (laughs) It was my double Dutch moment and I fell. It was a fucking fantastic point. And now we never will get to hear it. No. Go ahead. But uh, I think she's, uh, she gets to enjoy the success a lot more than ever because she's matured emotionally and mentally. And because she's able, with the mind that she has now, look back at some of those moments and truly see the lessons in it, or she's been educated since then. Yeah, she can buy her own flowers now. 100% she can. When I was doing my research and looking back at some of Miley's biggest uh, like WTF moments, or why does she do that, or the controversies, the scandals, 
I was realizing that some of this is Miley's fault, you know, and she should take accountability and responsibility. And a lot of times she did. But some of those, I felt like the blame kind of got shifted on Miley more than anyone, or she was kind of a scapegoat or maybe a little bit exploited. Oh, I could see that. And we'll talk about it. Miley Ray Cyrus, originally named Destiny Hope Cyrus was born November 23, 1992. That makes this woman a Sagittarius. Hmm. I don't remember our famous Sagittariuses, but hey, she joined Kevin Haydor, Tyra. Uh, An underwhelming group of Sagittarius. Raven Simone. (laughs) Caroline Calloway. Oh, damn, it's not getting any better. Looks like like Miley's the best of a bad bunch. (laughs) She was born November 23rd, 1992, to parents Billy Ray Cyrus and Letitia Tish Finley, later to become Cyrus. Now, Miley has two siblings, Brayson and Noah. Brayson being a, a man, Noah being a woman. Just, you know, sometimes those names are a little unisex, so you got to state. And she also has three half siblings. You have sibling Trace and Brandy. Those are her mother's children. And then she has a brother, Christopher, who is originally Billy Ray's son from a different marriage. Now, because Miley was so happy and had this very happy disposition and smiling a lot, she was given the nickname Smiley, which over time shortened into Miley. Which I did not know that's how she got that name, but it makes sense because Miley came out of nowhere. I just thought that was her name. Oh, yeah. for the long, I, I learned like years and years ago that her, her first name was originally Destiny. That's why I was like, where the hell Miley come from? But now, yeah. you know, Smiley Miley. Now, she grew up on the family farm in Tennessee, but these country beginnings would not keep Miley out of those bright big city lights of Hollywood. Now, as we know, Billy Ray Cyrus had his own career in the country music field industry. Achy, breaky heart. Yeah. You got Achy, breaky heart, which is a classic karaoke classic for real. I've sang sang it many times. I'm not even going to lie to you. (laughs) But in the early 2000s, Billy Ray was on a TV show. He was the star of the show called Doc, which was on the channel PAX TV, which I had totally forgot about. Do you remember PAX TV? It sounds familiar, but no. So PAX TV was one of those like local, I don't think it was like a, I don't know if you could get PAX without cable, or maybe you could, but it was kind of like the conservative family values channel, uh, kind of like a, a even more restrictive hallmark if you want to uh, go oh. somewhere. So PAX TV, I read a little history on it, but basically this man created PAX TV because he wanted to showcase uh, family programs that weren't so sexual or profane and stuff like that. And so he Isn't found- Isn't he an adulterer? Who, Billy Ray? Billy Ray. Hey, they didn't care at this time. They just needed a star. Okay. So in the early 2000s, Billy Ray was in this show uh, called Doc, where he plays a doctor. And that's where Miley had her first role ever. She ended up getting on that show because she- asked her father her father eventually relented and then she had a little starring role on it and then in that same year she has a small role in the tim burton film big fish 
which is kind of a big movie. I don't want to say it's a cult classic. I think it's very highly acclaimed. I've only seen it once, though, and I honestly can't remember, but heard it's a good movie. Miley's only 11 years old, so only these two roles under her belt, but she got more coming, specifically a show called Hannah Montana. It's being developed at this time, the year is 2004. Hannah Montana is a show that's about a girl who is a pop star who lives a double life of being that famous pop star, but also just being a regular girl who goes to regular school with her regular friends and how she navigates that life living with her brother and her father. According to Miley in 2009 on the Jonathan Ross show, she was originally auditioning to play Lily, the best friend. That role eventually went to Emily Osment. When uh, the producers got a hold of her and her tape, they liked Miley so much they said, well, why don't you audition to play Hannah? So of course she takes that and she says, okay. She sends in some tapes to be Hannah. Uh, they like her. The producers tell her, okay, yeah, we like you, but, which I thought was crazy. They say, but you're too young, which uh, Miley says didn't make sense to me because they knew that at the start, which I would say the same thing. Goddamn, you told me to audition for this goddamn role. Which mean I'm too young. <laughs> I would be shitty as hell. Like, you just told me to do this. But yeah. anyway, <laughs> she has tenacity. They uh, reject her essentially, says that she's too young, even though they really like her style, but she still sends in tapes to them and she's still communicating with them. And so months later, the search is not finished. They still can't find their Hannah Montana. They call her back in to California, uh, I'm guessing for one final edition. And um, she said she spilled some Dr. Pepper on her, she said a bird pooped on her, which I've heard is good luck. Mm -hmm. And uh, she landed the part. She's Hannah Montana. Huh? Now, since this is such a big opportunity, this is on the Disney show. They've developed this. They plan on really putting some money into the show. The whole family moves out to California. Billy Ray, Tish, and the whole crew. Interesting. Now, for some extra fluff slash trivia slash, you know, tidbits. The other two actresses that were really close to landing Hannah Montana were uh, Taylor Momsen and Daniela Monet. Taylor Momsen, I'm more familiar with her as, I think Cindy Lou Who from The Grinch, Jim Carrey's version. She's more famous for playing Jenny Humphrey on Gossip Girl. And she's also in a band called The Pretty Reckless. Daniela Monet, a few years later, goes on to play Trina Vega in Victorious and Tootie and the live-action Fairly Odd Parents, which also starred that P.O.S. Drake Bell. Yeah, and it was a bad movie. Why the hell was it live-action? Yeah, they didn't need I to mean, make it live-action. But I digress. <laughs> uh, this information came from a TikTok made by Lisa London, who was the original casting director from Hannah Montana. She was debunking previous TikTok of somebody saying a different actress was almost Hannah Montana, so she wanted to set the record straight, and so I just wanted to include that. From the beginning, Hannah Montana was a hit. Once it premiered, it catapulted Miley into teen stardom. We're talking doing multiple soundtracks, multiple tours, that spawned a 3D concert movie to eventually doing the Hannah Montana movie itself, clothing, different toys, and even wigs. I'm saying she had it on lock. And yeah. they learned. I mean, they just copied and pasted this from uh, That's So Raven, Lizzie McGuire to Hannah Montana. They know the formula and it worked. Do you think Hannah Montana was bigger than those other two? Yes, 100%. 
I, I think that Lizzie was big and then Raven topped her. And then Raven was big and then Hannah Montana topped her. And I think you got Camp Rock, High School Musical, and Wizards of Waverly Place, I think all became really big, but I still think that Hannah Montana has them all beat. Mm -hmm. The only one I watched was That's So Raven. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, don't even, don't even put me there, but it's on Disney Plus and I was, I was watching that in the Proud Family the other day. (laughs) Now, with such success and becoming a teen star and Disney's new cash cow, essentially, there are certain things that Miley had to deal with, like being restricted. She is now homeschooled, being tutored at least three hours a day, every day. She also has strict boundaries on who she is talking to, who she is hanging out with, and when she goes to bed. I mean, she has a child. Of course, but I'm just saying it was kind of more regimented in a way that if it was a regular kid, maybe not as harsh, but she's she's a star, so it's, it's different. Okay. Now, those are the broad things, like you said, children, things that, things that all children have to deal with, bedtime, school, but also Miley is um, having issues with her identity. She was talking about it uh, years later uh, as a podcast guest on Rock This with Allison Hager- Hagendorf. She was saying that sometimes she could not stop being Hannah because she was saying that the concept of Hannah Montana is Hannah Montana is the star. And then when she takes off her wig and other disguises, she's just Miley. She's regular. No one cares. And so she felt like she had to always be Hannah because if she was anybody but Hannah, they didn't care. She would be out of the limelight and she wouldn't be important anymore. And so she would struggle with that a lot between being Hannah and actually being Miley herself. Little therapy uh, needed. Possible, yeah. And, and But you know, she's saying this as hindsight. Mm-hmm. So she says she played into her character because it was made to seem that she wasn't important with being regular. And so she created a characterized version of herself that she would present to the press, paparazzi, and the outside world as a whole. She's quoted as saying directly, I never created a character that wasn't me, but I was aware of how people saw me, and I kind of played into this a little bit. Uh, I guess all per like celebrities, online personalities do that to an extent. Yeah. You're not because, special, you know, Miley. Everyone does it. I don't know why I'm not feeling her, but <laughs> she hasn't even done anything yet. You're hilarious. But yeah, you're right. A lot, Her and a lot of stars uh, say that you have to have this persona that the press can touch while keeping your, your real self kind of hidden and shielded so that you can function in the world properly. Yeah. <laughs> You're not. <laughs> You're not special, girl. You're not special, Miley. <laughs> oh, she came up with the big oh. idea of having a stage personality. Hey, she thought so. I mean, she probably didn't, but I'm just saying. <laughs> let let her have her fantasy. So she also says towards the end of Hannah Montana, she was realizing that she was getting too old for this character. In an interview with Elle magazine uh, in 2019, titled "Miley Cyrus Has Finally Found Herself." by Miley Lambert. Miley says how she was she would feel ridiculous acting as Hannah Montana after she turned 18. She says, the minute I had sex, I was kind of like, I can't put the fucking wig on again. It got weird. I was grown up. 
which I get it. It's like, who wants to say sweet niblets looking into the camera after you have been bent over? <laughs> it's yeah, above it, me now. <laughs> it's just like the viewers draw out of those shows. I guess the actors would too. Yeah, when you sign a contract or you decide to be on a show at 10, 11, 13, whatever, you're not thinking of when you're 18, 19, and 20 and maybe still playing that character. But when you get to that age, you're like, well, most people are like, I need a change of pace. I need a diff. I need to be me. I don't want to be this person forever, which mm -hmm. I think is what she talked about earlier, like having that identity crisis. I mean, you even heard like just randomly. I just thought about Jalil White, who played Urkel. Eventually that got tiring for him. Yeah. Who wants to be the I didn't do that. Who wants to wear suspenders all the goddamn time and <laughs> be told they're a nuisance and shit. And you yeah. can't get any other roles. Some actors can do it and, you know, ride that way forever. But, yeah, I, most actors do end up leaving. You know what? I'll say, well, I don't have any proof. But I'll say, yes, yeah, some of the actors can ride that wave and do one of those roles forever. But I'm going to say at least it, out of that pool of people, that 75% of them who do that secretly resent it. Oh, probably, yeah. They know that this is their character, and so they play that bitch to their heart. They play it hard, but it's like they also are like, damn, this is shitty. Or even Do if I they don't present it now, maybe in the past they have, and now they've learned to, okay, this pays the bills, so... It's not that bad. Yeah. Some people do do the cycle. Like, okay, I was over it, but now I kind of see the good in it. And mm -hmm. then some people hate it at the beginning and love it later. Hate it at the end. Hate it at the beginning. But, you know. Hate whatever. it all. Love it all. Exactly. We got all different flavors here. <laughs> Neapolitan. <laughs> so Miley had to act mature in front of the public because she was this pristine Disney star and she was as famous as some of the biggest actors and singers of that time. And even though, you know, Hannah Montana made her very rich and famous and gave her a lot of opportunities that some of us could only dream of, it also put her in the crosshairs of some controversies, specifically one of her first ones. This is the 2008 Vanity Fair cover shooting. Ah, uh, I thought it was going to be Can't Be Tamed. Well, we'll talk about that okay. after we talk about Because I have opinions. I don't... Let's let get to Vanity Fair yes, I, I, <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to derail you. No, it's fine. You did. You did. <laughs> I did, so, but I didn't mean to. 2008, in the show Hannah Montana, and Miley Cyrus are at the prime of the show's popularity. And what do stars do when they are promoting themselves or a show or a movie? Interviews. They do a Go ahead and finish my sentence then. <laughs> I thought you were asking me. No, that wasn't a call and response, but I, I get how you, you see it. Next time I'll set you up properly. Okay. <laughs> Interview. <laughs> <laughs> Interviews for 500. Oh, you would have been right. Oh. If it was a daily double, would you, how much would have you bet? A thousand. I don't know. That'd be better than that. You know? Seventeen thousand if you got it. Now they do magazine interviews, regular interviews, and the like. Now Miley is fifteen years old and is doing a photo shoot shot by the famous Annie Leibovitz. I am hoping I am pronouncing that correct. <laughs> <laughs> and the cover is the now infamous picture of Miley sitting down, but she's shown from the waist up. She has no shirt on and is only covered in a satin sheet 
that covers the front of her torso with her back exposed. And what was her age at this point again? 18? 15. 15? Yeah, 1-5. I said it. 1-5. I did think that was inappropriate. And I was going to ask you your opinion. We'll get to it more. When the picture was released, people were upset. Some were upset at Vanity Fair for letting this happen. Uh, some at Annie Leibovitz. She was the creative director slash photographer. Some at Billy Ray and Tish because they're the parents. But unfortunately, a very high amount at Miley herself. When the public outcry about the Vanity Fair shoot became too loud, Disney released a statement and Miley released an apology. They did these to, of course, address it, but to soothe Frave nerves because they don't want people to jump ship on Hannah Montana. Disney's spokesperson said, quote, Unfortunately, as the article suggests, a situation was created to deliberately manipulate a 15-year-old to sell magazines. Now, when they're uh, saying, unfortunately, as the article suggests, they're talking about the Vanity Fair article that was written by Bruce Handy. Now, when I, I, I didn't read it from top to bottom thoroughly, but I did skim pretty much most of the interview. And the interviewer, Bruce has this way of, because, you know, he's asking Miley questions and then he's writing her responses as well as his own opinions and observations. Okay. So he will ask Miley questions, but also depending on her, her answer, he'll be like, oh, Disney doesn't want to hear that. Or I bet they don't like that she's doing that because she references things like watching Sex in the City. She's 15. I get that. Uh, she also references the fact that uh, she she uh, knows Brittany and Lindsay. And this is during the time where Brittany and Lindsay aren't doing the best. You know, Brittany's under her con conservativeship. Lindsay was in and out of rehab at this time. And Bruce just has this way of saying, well, you know, I bet our I bet Disney doesn't want to hear their star saying this or doing this. And it's like he's building her up on a pedestal saying how great of a ch child actor she is and all these things that she's doing. But it also sets the scene of putting her on a pedestal that she can fall anytime. Yeah, so it sounds weird. It, it, I didn't like the article. I mean, I didn't like the interview at all, honestly. And I think that's what uh, Disney is referring to when they say that it was suggesting that she could be put in uh, situations that will manipulate her mind. And they're saying a Vanity Fair's interviewer uh, is a part of that, possibly. <laughs> Miley Cyrus releases her own statement and her says, I took part in a photo shoot that was supposed to be artistic. And now seeing the photographs and reading the story, I feel so embarrassed. I never intended for any of this to happen. And I apologize to my fans who I care so deeply about. Real quick, I will say that, you know, Miley has to release her statement because she's the star, she's in the photo. I understand that. But I felt that Disney could have released a better statement, you know, condemning Vanity Fair and what they did or whatever, if that's how you felt, but also kind of like supporting slash protecting Miley. I felt like they just kind of like, okay, we'll do our separate statements and that's that. But if this is really your star... And she's who you need, and you you should advocate for her as well. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I think at that point, they were just trying to save face. Everybody was. True, but you're trying to save the show, too. So I feel like 
making sure Miley knows that you guys care about her goes a long way. But obviously, we know that Disney isn't the best at that. So maybe that's just shining a light on some of their um, inaccuracy. Just different word. Shortcomings. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. I, I can't say nothing. <laughs> Jesus. Now, you said that you felt it was inappropriate. Do you want to go into more detail about how you feel it was inappropriate for the 15-year-old in the Vanity Fair shoe? Okay, so like you said, she's holding like a, a sheet to her. You can see her back. And I think holding up the sheet implies sex. And she's a 15-year-old. I think, you know, when you see all those movies, when they have sets, but it doesn't show sets, it's always the woman holding up the sheet, like, afterwards. Oh! So, I think that image is already in people's minds. So, if you have this 15-year-old girl who's pale as hell on your cover, holding up that sheet, like, it just, to me, it implies, like, she just got done with sex. I did not even think about it that way, but I can so clearly see that now that you've explained that. And I'm not blaming Miley. Was, like, she didn't come up with the idea. That's true. That's true. So, yeah. I totally agree. I I also thought this was inappropriate. I remember this happening in real time. This was, what, I said 2008? Yeah, 2008. We were just freshmen. or We were, yeah, grade. the same age as her, 15. Yeah, so, not me. Yeah, you were older. I was younger, actually. <laughs> okay. Don't you, psh, you okay. old ass. <laughs> so I do remember this of being like a big hubbub, but you know me, I didn't care. I, I was whatever. But um, as an adult, yes, I feel like it was very much giving older than she was and just inappropriate. And so that's why I felt like more than Miley, her parents should have said something. Uh, the thing is, Miley is in the shoot, but she can't consent to anything, really. It's her parents who can consent to this stuff. They're her guardians. So I feel like, especially since Billy Ray was also a part of the photo shoot, you see that they're uh, a part of the Vanity Fair interview. There is a picture of them, too, as well. Why was nothing said? Did y'all feel like it was okay as well? And if so, if y'all felt like it was okay, why didn't y'all defend y'all's choice to put your daughter out like that? Yeah, but, I saw weird all around poor child stars they all deal yeah, with it I, yeah i i thought it was inappropriate i think maybe you could have got away with it borderline if she was like 17 even though that would have been pushing it but 15 years old i did not understand why a girl didn't have a bra on why she had no top on one thing that i did take from this interview is this simple quote from miley it was a response to a question from bruce uh, he had asked, whose career trajectory would she like to follow? And um, Miley says, before, I'd say like Hilary Duff, you know, the star of Disney's uh -huh. uh, or this person or that person. But there can't be a thousand Hilary Duffs. Then that doesn't make Hilary special. And there can't be a thousand Miley Cyruses or that doesn't make me special. That's what a star is. They're different. A celebrity is different. So no, mostly I want to make my own path. Now this is very, you know, not the most original thought provoking quote, but I do think it just outlines who Miley is and kind of what she decided to do from this point on, which is she decided to make her own path, 
no matter how different, no matter how controversial, she does not mimic really anybody in her career. She can't be tamed. She can't be tamed. <laughs> 10 years later in 2018, while she's on Twitter, she's reminiscing with some throwback photos of her childhood. Miley tweets a screenshot of the New York Post cover uh, dated April 2008. The New York Post says, Miley Shane. TV's Hannah apologizes for near nude pic. So Miley captions this tweet with the screenshot and says, I'm not sorry. Fuck you. In all caps. <laughs> Hashtag 10 years ago. So obviously with time, Miley herself was kind of over, you know, some of that blame and ridicule that she accepted back in the day for something I feel like was not her fault. And she expressed her true feelings, which I totally agree with. Like I said, I thought the picture was inappropriate and she doesn't say whether it's inappropriate or not. But I do like the fact that before she had to apologize and now she's realizing, you know, fuck, I personally don't have nothing to apologize. Fuck y'all. Mm -hmm. So obviously we have a couple of incidences afterwards that fall under Miley making poor decisions in her adolescence like other children. But she has a huge teen fan base and everybody's watching her every move. Now, when wh what year would you say is the Can't Be Tamed era? Uh, 2012, 2013. 2013. Really? Mm -hmm. I might have to just, okay, we'll go through it and then I'll just ask your thoughts. Well, you, you were just chime in whenever oh, I get to You said can't be tamed. No, sorry. I'm also, you know, if we can't stop, can't be tamed when she's like 17, 18. Okay. So around 2009, 10. Yeah. Okay. So later in, 2008 we have some racy photos that are leaked of miley uh they show her like in crop tops uh, i think she's in bikinis and these are pictures that apparently allegedly were attended for her then boyfriend at the time uh nick jonas of the jonas brothers oh so that of course becomes tabloid fodder that same month Miley and one of her friends slash dancers, Mandy Giroux, they upload a YouTube video. It's uh, essentially them making fun of the new Disney stars, Selena Gomez and Demi Lovato. <laughs> now I watched it and literally it's just like almost a shot by shot remake, remake of a video that Selena and Demi did where, you know, they're just being teenagers and saying, bullshit it's 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 literally nothing it, it <laughs> and is then, nothing and then miley and mandy just copy it yeah it kind of gives like you know that snow white vibes like you know mara mara on the wall who's the fairest or whatever oh i thought you meant like bitch is about to poison her well, yeah like miley's now the old witch she used to be the beautiful one and then oh the Gomez, the up and coming one you, do you think that's why the video got uploaded? Because she was like, bitch, I'm the queen bee. Y'all are my peasants type shit. Maybe. Like, maybe it wasn't that malicious, but it was like, oh, you guys are ridiculous. We're just copying them. Like, it doesn't have to be that big of a deal. Yeah. Yeah. And like like I said, this this girl's still a teenager. Yeah. We're, so, we're all petty then. Man, were we. <laughs> 
So once uh, Miley and Mandy are criticized for the video, the video gets taken down and the two girls issue apologies, petty teen drama, just like we said, and whatever. Now the next year in 2009, when Miley is 17 and she is with a different boyfriend, this one is Justin Gaston. A picture surfaces of Miley, Justin, and some other friends smiling while either squinting or slanting their eyes with their hands. Oh. What tops the picture off is the Asian person off to uh, in the front of the picture posing with their mouth open and eyes wide. I don't look at this picture. I was about to say, look it up. <laughs> Tell me what you think when you see it. Okay, so... It's stupid. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's just your deep sigh. Because, like, it is very stupid. And then it, yeah, it's just stupid. Stupidity. Stupidity, ignorance at its finest, honestly. And then so, I don't even want to speak for the Asian guy because I don't even know who he is. But yeah, is he seems like, you know, he's taking the picture. So he's all fun and games with him, which... We've all been in that situation where it crossed the line a little bit and we're like, oh. Yeah, I don't want to be that person, but I'm going to definitely say that he was a token in the friend yeah. group. And so when you're a token in the friend group, sometimes you feel the need to encourage or join ignorant behavior targeted towards your ethnicity or others because you fit in or you're the odd man out. I only say this because there are different times in my life. I was the token black friend and I definitely felt that I compromised my true feelings for some bullshit that really I should not have tolerated. It's honestly. that feeling of you want to feel like you are laughing with them and they're not laughing at you. So you exactly. go along with it. And exactly. That's just what the photo's giving. Who the fuck knows if that's really what's happening in this friend group, but that's what yeah, it's that's giving. Our, um, <laughs> That's our uh, feelings coming out. <laughs> that's, that's our therapy. And this one time they made me know. <laughs> so the OCA, which is a group dedicated to advancing the social, political, and economic well-being of Asian Pacific Americans, issued a statement about this photo when it came out and basically said that it was very offensive and it was inappropriate how, you know, Miley Cyrus is setting a bad example for the people who look up to her and how seeing a photo like this with her included can basically legitimize, what do they say? Legit, legitimize mocking and taunting people of Asian descent. Uh, they also end their statement saying that they hope Miley will apologize to not only her fans, but the APA community which stands for Asian Pacific Americans, if you did not know. So that's what the OCA said. Miley tried to apologize, and I'm going to tell you right now, it was shitty. Let's and it was it. not well received. You know, I love a, a horrible apology. Get ready. So she posted this on her official fan website, which was uh, Miley's World at the time. And she says, she was addressing something else, got cut off. I really don't care about that. But that, that's where the quote starts. So if you're misleaded, misled, she was addressing a few things. And this is when she gets into addressing the photo. Okay. Quote, 
I've also been told there are some people upset about some pictures taken of me with my friends making goofy faces. Well, I'm sorry if those people looked at those pics and took them wrong and out of context. In no way was I making fun of any ethnicity. You I was lying, simply... bitch. How old is she? Uh, she is 17 when this happened. Okay, so I'm not going to hold her against her, but fucking liar. <laughs> I was simply making a goofy face. When did that become newsworthy? It seems someone is trying to make something out of nothing to me. If that had been anyone else, it would have been overlooked. I definitely feel like the press is trying to make me out as the new bad girl. <laughs> I'm not saying she's a bad girl, but she is a damn liar. Yeah. Because two I... of them are like doing it with their hands and then everyone else in the picture is squinting. Yeah. Shut the fuck up. I think that she would have been better off just not saying a goddamn thing. Just say sorry. Like, yes. I hate She's that being so very much. obtuse. Yeah. Fucking. I'm, I'm not going to go in on her because she was 17. Y'all in it. No. I, no. I, I understand she was young, but sometimes even when we were young, we still had a feeling of what we doing. What we doing. What we were doing was not exactly appropriate, not exactly right. And she was literally gaslighting us. <laughs> By saying that, no, I wasn't being inappropriate or rude or offensive. I was just making a funny face for y'all. I would never do anything like that when that's not the case, Miley. It's not the case, but in her mind, she's thinking, I'm not racist. Why are you guys trying to make out like racist? Yeah, it was about his, because he's Asian, but it's not coming from a racist place in her mind. It's coming but from, she didn't like, say that. She didn't say that, and that's, I don't know, she's 17. That's true. When the OCA rejected that half-hearted apology, Good she tried to, <laughs> yeah, they were like, fuck that shit. <laughs> but they rejected that. She tried again with a slightly better and more sincere apology, if you believe her. Okay, let's hear it. She says, I want to thank all my fans for their support, not only this week, but always. I really wanted to stress how sorry I am if the photo of me and my friends offended anyone. I have learned a valuable lesson from this and know that sometimes my actions can be unintentionally hurtful. I know everything is a part of God's ultimate plan and mistakes happen so that eventually I will become the woman he aspires me to be. Hmm. So she's still not saying she did anything wrong. Word salad. Yeah, she's just saying if you were offended, I'm sorry, but it's she's not saying she did it wrong. Yeah, she she didn't she she did one of those apologies before people started really calling them out that if I did something, I'm sorry. If I did something to offend you, I apologize. Yeah, just say if your feelings are hurt, that's on you. If you were offended, I'm sorry, but take that up to God because he told me to do that so eventually I can be the woman that he inspires me to be. <laughs> so I think the photo thing was a shitty and stupid offensive thing to do. But like you said, I think this was a young, ignorant thing. And I only say this because I personally have dabbled in the offensive um, mocking of like 
Asian people. And I, I'm not afraid to say that because you say and do things because you're imitating others without knowing how stupid you look and how stupid you sound. Like there used to be this thing, um, you used, I can't believe I got to explain this. It'd be better if I was on video. No, actually, no, never mm -hmm. do video of me doing this shit. But uh, when I was a child, there was this little dumbass rhyme where you would put your hands on your eyes. Is it Chinese, Japanese, dirty knees, look at these? You know it. I do, from the devil's rejects. So, yes, that's the thing that we would do as children. Huh. But as I got older, I'm like, oh, shit, this is fucked up. Yeah. See, that's why I can't really hold it that much against her. Because people did racist shit that they didn't even, like, think of that was racist. Yeah. Like, but the people in the community thought it was racist. Like, the Asian people in the community always knew this is fucked up. You're talking about us. And, but, you but know, it's just, when I'm talking about that, we're, we, okay. I don't know how old you were doing this set, but I'm talking about like 10 and under, I think. Yeah. It's elementary thing. I think at 17, I she definitely, should know better. Are, exactly. Mm -hmm. That's all I'm saying. We don't have this shit on her, but I definitely think that you're being obtuse by acting like this wasn't ignorant and not truly apologizing. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad you knew exactly. That was from the Devil's Rejects? It wasn't from the Devil's Rejects, but she says she does it in there. Jesus. Interesting. So um, then we have uh, one of our uh, next bigger controversies. Uh, it's a few days, I think, not even a, a week, a few days after her 18th birthday, a video was leaked of Miley smoking out of a bong. It was scandalous. It was everywhere. Even when Miley admitted that she wasn't even smoking weed, but Salvia, people were still pissed and they were letting her have it. Just so uh, listeners know, FYI, Salvia is a plant or herb, whichever one you refer to, containing uh, psychoactive chemicals that can produce hal uh, hallucinations when either chewed or smoked. Mm, uh, it's kind of like the cousin of spice, right? Except for spice is uh, no. chemically made, right? Yeah. It's not, yeah. Spice isn't like a it's plant. It's like the step cousin of spice. Step, okay, yeah, no blood, no blood. You're <laughs> right, you're right. So how did, do you remember this? I do remember it. And I think around the time I was doing the same thing as Miley, so I can't, I can't shit talk her. Hashtag same, you're right, let's move <laughs> on. You're right. <laughs> So, but I will say this because this kind of pissed me off. So after the video made its rounds, Billy Ray Cyrus chimes in on Twitter. He says, sorry, guys, I had no idea. Just saw this stuff for the first time myself. I'm so sad. There is much beyond my control right now. I Which, don't know shit about Billy Ray and Tish, but they have always given me more of friend than parent vibe. Momager, dadager. Yeah, the career comes first, and then I'm your your parent. That's um, that's stupid. Like, why why even comment about that, Billy? That's, why Billy, would you trash. throw your you're literally throwing your daughter under the bus to save your image as a father, which doesn't do anything for your relationship or her popularity. I just did not understand why he even said that. Yeah, there's something so I don't know about. What? What the fuck? 
you're so upset that people are going to criticize your parenting or you just not, you couldn't even stand by your daughter and say nothing. You're just like, hold up. It's getting too hot in the kitchen. I got to say something so they can stop flaming me and say that I don't know what's going on in her life. And I'm seeing this too. And you're not familiar. Bullshit. I think if you would have just said, I'm disappointed, but she's growing or something. I don't know. It would have been so much better. You just say she she's an adult or she's learning or, you know, I'm I'm talking to Miley and uh or just say fucking nothing. Keep your don't fucking say, mouth shut. Don't throw your daughter under the bus who is the whole reason you have a revitalized career. Cause what the fuck was Billy Ray doing? He was Not in shit. doc. He had and then a mold ended. and he was wearing denim on denim, and that's about it. Your your daughter got the job. That caused you to get the job, and you saw new success. You were back on TV. You were back making money, and now the minute she she done turned eighteen, so you know them checks ain't coming to you no more. And the minute she decides, you know, to be a grown up, because no offense, she's eighteen. Was she probably doing this before? That's arguable. But the point is, she's eighteen now, and now you're just like, eh, gloves is off. I don't know what's going on. It's beyond my control. Fuck out of here. Get out. Now, it's a couple months later that Miley releases her own statement saying that she is not perfect. And she talks about how when she was using salvia, it is legal in most states, including California, which is where she was. And she says to Marie Claire, I made a mistake. I'm disappointed in myself for disappointing my fans. And when uh, the interviewer at Marie Claire kind of tries to like, you know, give her some bail, you know, empathize with her and say, well, you know, you're 18 years old. This is what some 18 year, year olds are doing. And sometimes they're doing harder drugs. And, you know, Miley keeps going and says, you know, but they're not Miley Cyrus. They're not me. They're not role models. Mm. So uh, for me, it was a bad decision because of my fans and what, and because of what I stand for. So she's saying this two months after. Okay. But in 2020, her tunes changed a little bit. She's realized. <laughs> so she changes her tune on once, once again, the 10 year anniversary of the video being leaked. She said, fuck them kids and fuck you too. Exactly. Miley reposts the video herself, shares it on social media, and captions the post, quote, Happy 10-year anniversary to the groundbreaking video of a teenager smoking a bong and saying dumb shit to their friends. Yeah, that one was a nothing burger that they're trying to make bigger. Exactly. It was basically all about the fact that she was smoking out of a bong and she was still playing Hannah Montana. Hannah was probably smoking too. I mean, you gotta change the wig so much. I need to be high. Uh-huh. If we're being honest. So on the road doing that tour. You know she's smoking. <laughs> I get the best of both <laughs> herbs. <laughs> you got to pronounce it with the H. <laughs> uh -huh. So uh, once again, with some time uh, in between her and those controversies, Miley looks back and sees that she was kind of unfairly criticized as well as exploited by people that she thought were friends because it was definitely a friend or somebody who had access to that friend's phone who leaked that video. And uh, she, I know, could you, I mean, first of all, hmm. okay, let's say, so back in the day, you know, when we would hang out with our friends, you know, we occasionally would have our phones out, 
But do you notice we never had our phones out when we was doing stuff we wasn't really, really, really supposed to be doing? And so I couldn't imagine if we got famous and we started doing stuff we weren't supposed to do and we was taking out our phones. I remember I was in a vehicle where we were smoking. Vehicle. And, <laughs> and <laughs> I, at the time, they were taking pictures. But I always, you know, said, don't get me in the picture holding anything. But I wasn't famous. Yeah. Do you do you mind if I tell a 420 story involving us? You can. Okay. So, first of all, I didn't know what 420 was until we went to college. I was very confused. Really? Really. I did not know. Oh. So, our first 420 that we celebrated, we celebrated with one of our mutual friends, if you remember, and we had this system of basically us being broke bitches and not knowing how to do anything. So our mutual friend would be the middleman and would help us out. And we <laughs> would smoke at strange people's houses. <laughs> yes. And so when we did this on that particular day, that friend took a picture of us and we were too messed up to stop her. And so to this day on somebody's abandoned Instagram is a 10 plus photo of us high out of our minds. <laughs> I honestly don't remember that at all. It, I, I, I remember so much of it that I, I, I want to tell you off, off the mic. Of was how that the night that you did the single ladies walk back to the dorm? No, that was a different night. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Because that was at nighttime. I cannot stand it. <laughs> You'll never forget it. No, that was a top tier Katrina moment. Oh, my gosh. So, anyway, let's jump back into the story. <laughs> so, um, yeah, she was, and, and she was uh, being exploited by people who she thought she were, that were her friends. And she was basically being punished for being an adult who was doing adult things, but she was still a part of a popular kids show, which... At that point, I can understand people getting some wild hairs up their ass about, but she's 18. Yeah. Now, time passes. We say goodbye to Hannah Montana officially. We enter our can't-be-tamed era. More edgy punk music. The look's a little different. Still rocking the long hair. She's got some highlights. She wears leather a lot. So on and so on. And she's not doing that bubble bubblegum pop, I guess you would call, you know, that people consider a uh, party in the USA to be. Mm. Now, she also is acting more. This is when she stars in the last song with her future husband, Liam Hemsworth, and future ex-husband, and in the movie LOL with Demi Moore. Now, okay. that's, I want to, I want to pivot to you because you said you had opinions about her can't be tamed era. But I didn't have any huge controversies during this time, so I kind of want to see what you're, what you say, what you, what you're thinking. I just remember it being all over the news, saying Miley Cyrus is shedding her Disney past, and is she going too far? And it's like, even at the time, mm -hmm. I was thinking, what are y'all talking about? She's in a birdcage with a faux hawk and <laughs> like dancing like a bird, pretty much. Like what? Yeah. Like. It was absolute absurdity to me because I'm like, what the fuck? Like, what? I, I just, I did not understand it 
at all. I still don't understand it now. Like every now and then I'll look back at the video and be like, it wasn't even that. Like it, it, like she wasn't like in a brown panties. Like, what are you guys talking about? You're right. You're right. That is what everybody was saying. No offense. I didn't even like the Can't Be Tamed song. I just like saying it a lot. <laughs> but yeah, I, everybody was so obsessed with, oh, Miley's growing up. She's doing different things, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, and it wasn't a fell hawk. It was a bump, I think, in her hair. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. I had to imagine it. Yeah. <laughs> that was fucking, that took over the streets. Uh-huh. Like crack in the 80s. Back when was we the all fucking had bump. bumps in our hair. Man, if I had the hair to, no, that's a lie. <laughs> that's a one of Miley's most successful and controversial eras is just getting started. We're leaving Can't Be Tamed, and what are we entering? Bangers. Bangers with a Z. See, you got it. Come on, Alex. <laughs> Alex for 3000 <laughs> So Bangers with a Z in 2013 is released. It features some of her most popular songs literally to this day. You already mentioned it. We Can't Stop. You mentioned Wrecking Ball. And even the rap feature filled trap beat, including 23. You know, we have a mutual friend who's, at the time, I don't know if she still is, was a Miley Stan. And I guess that's how I'm like kind of keeping up with her career. Because Ooh, what's the initials? TH. Really? She was? Uh huh. I just remember I was in her car one time and I think it was Bangers, and she's like, have you heard this new Miley song? This new Miley album? I've been obsessed with it. And she would always play it, and I feel like that's how I kind of kept up with it when I was hanging out with her. Yeah, I could not escape these songs. Um, We Can't Stop and Wrecking Ball were everywhere. The memes were everywhere, honestly, once the Wrecking Ball video got released. It, they, And the thing is, I actually liked the song 23, but I had to stop listening to it because it did kind of make me cringe because I, <laughs> I, I was like, this is fucking Miley Cyrus. Like, in the club, hang a perf with my dick. Like, oh, I started to, yeah, I was like, I, I'm getting the cringe. Maybe I don't like it as much. I think it is cringy, but it is good fun. It, it was. That's why I liked it at first. Uh-huh. So Bangers was something new for Miley and her fan base. And whereas it was very largely successful, some people were not feeling it. We got a lot of people, especially black people, accusing Miley of appropriating black culture with her edgier lyrics, the rap beats, the features, wearing the gold teeth, the twerking, her having black backup dancers out of nowhere, which she did say, like, people are criticizing me for having black dancers, but these are the dancers I like. And I get that on one point, but I think people were more so criticizing the fact that you ain't never had no black backup dancers or singers until this era in your music. Yeah, it's the whole package of it. It's the whole package wrapped up that people are questioning. Now, this new image was out of the blue for Miley, and people saw it as a money grab. You know, seeing a white woman who mainly dabbled in country slash pop and then a little bit of her rock. Uh, now choosing to dabble in the rap slash hip hop scene to make some money. Now yeah. this, you agree? You just say yeah. 
Yeah, I, I think everyone agrees. I mean, it's even up for a debate right now. Yeah, I think uh, I, I'm I'm saying some because you know she still has the fan base who, whether they thought it or not, they were still rocking to it. They are still buying the music. Yeah, I mean, we there's celebrities out there that if they appropriate good enough, we just let it pass, like Gwen Stefani. You ain't never lied, but also I was ignorant as well. <laughs> it took me a while. You, I, I, I'm seeing a rich girl to the top of my lungs back in the day. <laughs> I didn't know what she was doing until I saw it. Like, God damn. But yeah, some people do appropriate to the either they don't cross the line too bad or like you said, they're really loved. And so they get away with it. Uh huh. But Miley, even though she was getting away with it, they were still flaming her ass. Now, the songs were still hits, and they were still played everywhere. So she did win on that side. It transported her into like a just like a different type of stratosphere as far as her music, like topping the charts for real, for real. Like Party in the USA was a hit, but to have a whole album of hits that are out of your genre, something different. I think Miley needed this kind of more edgy thing to break away from that childhood. Like she tried it with Can't Be Tamed and it worked because everyone was losing their fucking mind. But let's be honest, that it's kind of a, if they put Can't Be Tamed in a Disney movie, I wouldn't bat an eye, like what the fuck? Um, so I still feel like that was kind of like teenage angst. So this was more of her grown up era. Yeah, yeah. I, um, I definitely, yeah. Cause it's like, Can't Be Tamed and the public is like, Look at Miley trying to grow up. She's trying to be grown. And then it's bangers. And it's like, oh, this bitch thinks she grown. <laughs> She's twerking everywhere, having her tongue out everywhere. It's like, exactly. Okay. So, uh, bangers, that leads us to the 2013 VMAs. Now, just for context, Miley is 20 years old here. And Miley is set to perform her smash hit, We Can't Stop. But unfortunately, she did not stop after that performance <laughs> she also joins robin thick as he sings blur lines another song that has a little bit of tainted history she during the performance uh when she joins robin she grabs his crotch she twerks on him while wearing this strange latex bra and panty set she also has a foam finger to simulate uh to simulate touching herself the whole performance is kind of weird, uh, very cringy, and very much unnecessary. Uh, somebody described it as a bad trip on acid I saw on Twitter. <laughs> as you know, the awards are live, so social media and the like are letting Robin and Miley have it. But this is really before Robin Thick started to really become exposed. Miley is getting most of this like firestorm and she's a woman. She's a woman. And she's the one who's being a woman, uh, scantily clad, dancing on a married man, not forgetting that the married man is there encouraging and humping on her too. So whatever. Misogyny is always trending. Well, come on liners. Now, initially, Miley stood by her performance and defended it when she was being filmed by MTV, who were doing a documentary on her at that time. I think it was like a month later or a couple months later. She says, you know, Madonna's done it. 
Britney's done it. Every VMA performance, that's what you're looking for. You're wanting to make history. And what's amazing is I think now people are still talking about it. They're overthinking it. You're thinking about it more than I thought about it when I did it. I didn't even think about it because that's just me. So this is her right after this performance. I don't think it was such a scandalous performance. I just do think it was cringy. It was kind of over the top. Yeah, I think people were still upset about the whole appropriating black culture. Uh-huh. You got the black dancers. She's still twerking. You have the unimpressed celebrity filled room who the cameras flash into and you got some stars trying to act enthusiastic and some just not giving a fuck during this performance. And, you know, then it's the weirdness of the blurred lines performance with the whole foam finger and the twerking on y'all and y'all don't even make a a song together it's, it was just a lot of weirdness and then it just people just wanted to be mad once again with time miley changes her tune a little bit four years after the 2013 vmas miley has different thoughts so in 2017 four years after her performance when she's talking to harper's bazaar magazine she's quoted as saying it became something that was expected of me I didn't want to show up to photo shoots and be the girl who would get my breasts out and stick out my tongue. In the beginning, it was kind of like saying, screw you, girls should be able to have this freedom or whatever. But it got to the point where I did feel sexualized. Well. So, you know, I understand that she kind of didn't want to be pigeonholed and seen as a sexual object. But I do think it's a little naive of Miley to think that, you know, Man, I hate how this is about to fucking sound. <laughs> I'll say it for you. Don't be fucking ridiculous, girl. You're out there shaking your ass, sticking your tongue out. Yeah, people are going to expect that from you. What the hell do you think? Stop shaking your ass, put your tongue back in your mouth, and they'll think something better. Yeah, I, I she was jumping into this hip-hop culture. You're doing all this new slang. You, you, you're dancing different. you got a different aesthetic, and you're thinking like you wouldn't be put into a box and ostracized ostracized like other women specifically other women in hip-hop yeah you know special miley has said that she made a persona for this public and one for private so she's putting out this persona to the public what does she expect bro why the fuck are we sharing the same brain that's exactly my next line which is (laughs) she pushed the persona so much that people accepted it and expected it of her they made their assumptions based off her behavior and she's mad and didn't like it because this is not truly how she is inside, but this is what she kind of put out into the world. And I get it. Like, especially women, they can be sexual and not, you know, be slut shamed. And I'm not saying she should be slut shamed or she, anything like that. Exactly. But if she's only giving shaking ass, sticking tongue, that's what people are going to expect until she starts to grow and give us something else. They're not going to move past that. You have to give them something else. You were your Disney phase. Now you're in your sexualized phase. Like I said, we're not saying it's it's right, but we're saying like if it walks like a duck, talks like a duck, it's a duck. Or people are going to assume, yeah, you she's making that image for herself. She yeah, she's she literally created this persona. 
she decided to adopt these behaviors and act these this way. And I'm not saying her being uh, seen as a sexual object object is good, but to think that it wouldn't happen is naive and ignorant of her, honestly. And they do that to all the women. So right. yeah, she like like you said before, Miley, you're not special in that effect. You're not special, sweetie. Um, but I think with Miley, she just overcorrected. She was way too, you know, seen as the distant child, and then she wanted to change that, but she went too far in her Maybe. eyes. In okay. her eyes. I can see that. Now, I also think that one of the reasons why, and, and we'll talk about it more when it comes up, that she makes these controversial statements about hip hop later, years later. I think she does that because, like we said, this bangers era was not truly her. You know, she truly was just adapting and dabbling in this urban space because it was profitable and because it was edgy and not because she truly enjoyed the music and culture. So in 2015, at the VMAs, Miley versus Nikki went down. Ooh, what's good? Now, it was short and sweet, but it was hilarious and iconic. And it actually started a couple nights or the night before the award show, just a few nights before the VMAs. So Nicki Minaj is on Twitter. She's expressing her anger about Anaconda being snubbed for video of the year. Nikki, oh, and feeling myself too. So basically, Nikki was nominated for a, a decent amount of awards, but neither Anaconda or Feeling Myself featuring Beyonce were nominated for Video of the Year. Just some other throwaways were, and she felt that wasn't fair. She felt like it also had something to do with possibly the type of music she makes, the type of person, artist she is, and, you know, her body type and a whole bunch of other stuff. Do you know what songs were nominated that year? So the video of the year nominees for 2015 were Beyonce, 7-Eleven, Ed Sheeran, Thinking Out Loud, Taylor Swift featuring Kendrick Lamar, Bad Blood, Mark Ronson featuring Bruno Mars, Uptown Funk, and Kendrick Lamar, All Right. What was the one after Beyonce, Ed Sheeran, Thinking Out Loud? Okay. Um, uh answered your own question now who do you think won before i tell you and who wait who did you who would you have wanted to win and who did you think win won okay it was taylor beyonce ed sheeran and who else mark ronson and bruno mars and kendrick lamar by itself i i gotta give it to mark and bruno that's based off popularity that's who i would have thought was going to win i, I give it to taylor too personally thought 7-Eleven should, and it was Taylor Swift who won. Okay, I mean... It was bad blood. Yeah. It had all the goddamn stars in it. It that's had the everybody. Why. So, yeah, that's those were the nominees of that year. Not so, saying that Nikki wasn't... Like, her two songs were good on Anaconda and Feeling Myself, but I, I would have said she was, like, rightfully snubbed. This is what I will say. I would pass on feeling myself for a couple reasons. First of all, it was a good video eventually after I saw it, but the bitch was locked through a paywall. It was title exclusive. Exactly. So that's number one. Don't expect a title exclusive video to ever get a nomination. It doesn't need to. 
put them all free. I get what y'all were trying to do, but put them all free, whatever. Second of all, I do think she is onto something regarding Anaconda. Anaconda is a very explicit video and song, but I we I feel like I cannot deny its impact. Mm. And people were quoting Anaconda for months. They were parodying it for months. It was everywhere. I think that Anaconda should have got video of the year, at least a nominee. Not saying it would have or should have won. But yeah, I do think she was onto something with that. But you know, VMAs are going to VMA. Yeah. So anyway, Nikki was expressing herself about being upset about Anaconda and feeling myself being snubbed. She was saying that if, you know, you're a different type of artist, you can get nominated. If you celebrate slim bodies, you can get nominated. But she does not. Now, Taylor Swift, for some reason, I don't know why that night, she got a whiff, saw some of Nikki's tweets, and she decided to respond. Basically, some dumb... No, I don't want to flame white people, but just some white women stuff like made no sense. Like, I don't know why you're attacking these people or saying this is, you know, maybe one of the men took your spot. Let me read exactly what she said, because I want you to. It just made no sense why she joined. Yeah, because you're talking about my old fave and my new fave now. Taylor Swift. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, and both Nathan. of them are Sagittarius. Are they really? Mm-hmm. She says, Nicki Minaj, I've done nothing but love and support you. It's unlike you to pit women against each other. Maybe one of the men took your slot. Hmm. And then when, you know, everybody else, including Nikki, is like, ain't nobody say your goddamn name. Why you meddling? She, uh, and why you adding me? She says, oh no, Nicki Minaj first says, huh? You must not be reading my tweets. Didn't say a word about you. I love you just as much, but you should speak on this. Basically saying, you know, uh, you should speak on certain people not getting nominated based off being different artists if, you, if you're going to chime in. And then she says, Taylor Swift says, I thought I was being called out. I missed the point. I misunderstood, then misspoke. I'm sorry, Nikki. Well, Okay. That was just so stupid. I mean, I can see where she's coming from just because Nikki said different body types. Yeah, but slim bodies, I get it. Taylor Swift is a skinny bitch. She thought she was getting red, but she got to learn. If it's not directed, it ain't respected. Yeah. She didn't say your name. But Ed Sheeran had, had a skinny white girl and thinking out loud dancing. And if I relook at Uptown Funk, I didn't see not nary a big bitch in that video as well. So I would assume that I wasn't being the only person talked about. But I think that going, I just, I feel like, like she said, she missed the point. I don't think she should have joined in. And Nikki obviously felt the same. But uh, that's not even where Miley comes into it. She's just defending her fact of her saying that she was snubbed at the award shows. Taylor puts it into the beef, says, you know, I don't want these problems. I'm sorry. And that's squashed. Then the next day or two is the actual VMAs. Miley is the host. Before the VMA started, Miley did an interview with so-and-so. And when they brought up the whole Twitter back and forth between um, Nikki and Taylor, Miley is quoted as saying, if you want to make it about race, there's a way you can do that. But don't make it just about yourself. 
say, this is, I think it's important to be nominated. There are girls everywhere with this body type. Hmm. Now, Nikki don't say nothing. You don't see her respond on Twitter. She don't say nothing on the red carpet. It is not until Nikki gets uh, the award of best hip hop video and she says her speech that she then stops and says, and now back to this bitch that had a lot to say about me to the press. <gasps> Miley was good. And then <sighs> the camera, first of all, you see Rebel Wilson in the back looking confused as a motherfucker. And then it pans to Miley who says, hey, we're all in this industry. We all do <laughs> interviews and we all know how they manipulate shit. Congratulations, Nikki. <laughs> <sighs> and I, I still don't know if that was, moment. if it was, you know, a skit, like if it was thrifted. Oh, it was not. You're I don't not know. Supposed to, you're not supposed to curse. That's true. A live broadcast. And I think uh, Nikki didn't, but Miley was so flustered when she got like, confronted via the stage that she was hosting that she slipped up and said shit and fucking when she wasn't <laughs> supposed to because she had to diffuse it as well. She didn't want to look like she didn't say nothing to her. I ain't mm. even gonna lie. I, if I was Miley, I would have been like, uh, Nikki, I've always loved you. I am sorry. I apologize. And from henceforth, I won't say a bad word because the, the energy that Nikki was given... <laughs> I thought she was going to throw that moon man at her. And if I was Cardi, I would have thrown my shoe at Nikki. Don't bring that up. (laughs) But yeah, that was, that moment is crazy. And to this day, it still lives on. A month or two later, Nikki had more to say about Miley and gave her thoughts and opinions about, you know, her dabbling in the rap scene in an interview with the New York Times. She says, the fact that you feel upset about me, and she she's talking about the fact that Miley made comments about what she was upset about. The fact that you feel upset about me speaking on something that affects black women makes me feel like you have some big balls. You're in videos with black men and you're bringing out black women on your stages, but you don't wanna know how black women feel about something that's so important. Come on. You can't want the good without the bad. If you want to enjoy our culture and our lifestyle, bond with us, dance with us, have fun with us, twerk with us, rap with us, then you should also want to know what affects us, what is bothering us, what we feel is unfair to us. You shouldn't not want to know that, which I, that's the end of the quote. You should not want to know that, which I completely agree with everything Nikki said. I do too. So many times these different stars, celebrities, artists, you know, uh, appropriate these different cultures, you know, wear a quick headband, uh, put a trap beat on, you know, adopt some uh, slang, but you don't support any causes. You don't bring awareness to any issues. You don't surround yourself with the actual community the, the actual people in those communities that you partake in. You just, you're in and out, the money grab is it. So um, I wish more people would do like Nikki does 
uh, that's one thing I do admire about Nikki. She's very outspoken and she's not afraid to call people out. And I think more celebrities should call other celebrities out on, you know, dibbling and dabbling in different cultures and in ethnicities, but not really taking care of those communities that they end up uh, taking all this rich culture and stuff for their own what do you want greed self-servingness whatever you want to say yeah and nikki should probably call out her husband for other things but we won't get into that dang tell us how you really feel tell us how you really feel. so yeah uh when it comes to the whole miley versus nikki thing i think she just involved herself in something she didn't need to and didn't kind of understand the nuances of which she, the nuances of the music industry and black people to like really speak on that. What do you think Miley should have said when the reporter asked her about the tweets? I would have said something that um, it's unfortunate that they do not award everybody for having great videos and maybe it should have been nominated, but unfortunately there's always next year. Mm, good PR answer. Good one. Good one. The, th the thing is, is that she was the host. Uh -huh. You're the host. You're going to see all these people backstage. You're going to be meeting and greeting and rubbing elbows. Why would you want to be anything but neutral going into the award show? Yeah. And I mean, yeah. So, yes, it, it is Smiley's fault. It's Smiley's fault in this case. She just took the bait unnecessarily. Yeah. She just said, you know, Nikki didn't do it this year, but she's got plenty of other awards that I'm rooting for her in. Yeah, you could have sucked up to Nikki. You could have sucked up to one of the other nominees, or you could have said, "Yeah, that's messed up." You know who else they didn't nominate, and you, mm. you name a different video too. Like there's so there's a lot of different neutral ways that you could have answered, or just non antagonistic towards Nikki ways. <laughs> With time, that feud ended up dying down. No more Miley versus Nikki. You know, they did a couple of shout outs via social media. But after Miley did a song in 2019 called Catitude with the line saying, I love you, Nikki, but I listen to Cardi. Oh, not 100 percent sure Nikki is still cool with Miley, especially seeing how she hates anybody who puts her and Cardi's name together. I think she even says something later about it, like basically, you know, not even calling her Miley, called her like. Purdue chicken, re referring to those <gasps> memes when she had, you know, the latex. She did call her Purdue chicken. Yeah, so I think that kind of put Miley out of her good books, but, you know, they were okay for a while. You know, I still refer to people as a Purdue chicken as an insult. I forgot where I got that from. That is hilarious. I'm so glad I jogged your memory. Or Nikki <sighs> did. Yeah. <laughs> With her bangers era behind, do you think that we would reach the last controversy, but not quite. We have one more because in 2017, Miley would say some choice comments about rap music that had people pissed, especially in the rap hip hop community and the black community. When asking about if a certain folk singer had influenced her in her career, she agrees and says yes, but then she starts talking about rap saying, quote, but I also love that new Kendrick Lamar song, Humble. She quotes the lyrics, show me something natural like ass with some stretch marks. I love that because it's not, come sit on my dick, suck on my cock. <laughs> <laughs> I can't listen to that anymore. That's what pushed me out of the hip hop scene a little. It was 
too much Lamborghini, got my Rolex, got a girl on my cock. I'm not, I'm not, I am so not that. First of all, who in rap music is saying cock? Nobody. What? Why did, I don't even like the fact that I had to say that so much. What year was this? 2017. 2017. I'm just thinking if it was during her Yonder Nelf era. Um, yeah, Younger Now or Malibu. Which one the, is that? Or what's the album called? Younger Now, right? Yeah. This was Younger Now. Yeah, I... Not to defend Miley or not even defend, but I feel like in her Younger Now era, she was trying to put everything behind her and change it up. And... You know, she was trying to tone it down a lot. And I feel like that has to do with, in my opinion, her marriage. Just listen to that album, because I do like that album. Mm-hmm. I, I think it was more of trying to become something she wasn't, which is, again, I think Miley does suffer from her own identity, because it was, again, something I don't think that was 100% genuine. Yeah, but I also think being mature is also to know the... The fact that just because you are changing and evolving doesn't mean you have to go back and shit on things. I so 100% I, agree with you, but I just, I see where she's coming from too. I don't. Okay. I think if it was a different person, I could, but not her. It's the fact that this is what you, you used this to your advantage and you had no problem with the producers and the 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 artists that and rappers that you were working with producing this type of music when they were working with you and when they were producing this type of music for you. But now that you're in a different space in your life, you can't just move on and talk about what's new in your life. You have to talk about what's new in your life while also condemning and shitting on the stuff that you did before, which is nobody would have not bought Younger Now unless she condemned bangers. That's not what it was about. I think mm -hmm. it was just unnecessarily, but like you, like I, like you said, she was just trying to move on and put stuff behind her, and I understand that. But I think um, it's kind of how I was feeling earlier in the episode where she made those these comments about not liking raps lyrics and their messages because that wasn't really her. The tongue out, the we can't stop. It took two years for Miley to truly come up with an explanation slash apology for the comments that she made in 2017. And it came under a YouTube video by a black creator named Kenya Wilson. The account is uh, called As Told by Kenya. And the video that Miley commented under was called Miley Cyrus is my problematic fave, sorry. In the video, which is now deleted, privated, or whatever, because I cannot find it. In the video, Kenya gives her points on Miley and her career up until that point, critiquing her bangers era, uh, talking about her appropriating Black culture and the strides that she's made, as well as giving her time and growth to see her ways. Now, after that video was posted, uh, very shortly, Miley Cyrus comments uh, under the video and Kenya pins it to the top. 
Miley says, thank you for giving this uh, opportunity to speak up. There are decades of inequality that I am aware of, but still have a lot to learn about. Silence is a part of the problem and I refuse to be quiet anymore. Simply said I fucked up and I sincerely apologize. I'm committed to using my voice for healing, change, and standing up for what's right. I would say this is a sincere apology, just very much too late for her to really absolve herself of uh, some of the criticisms, but at least uh, she got to say and explain how she feels and the fact that she simply did mess up by saying those comments after profiting for after profiting by joining that genre of music. I do think it's weird that it was under a YouTube video. She didn't do a real statement or anything, but maybe she was trying to show the creator some love by calling her a fave, but problematic, as well as saying that, you know, she isn't going to judge Miley based off those one comments, but uh, over everything and give her time to grow and change. What do you think about it being a YouTube comment apology? Do you think that makes it any less of an apology? No, I think it's apology is an apology. I agree. Now, some people still do not care for Cyrus and still say that she did not truly apologize. And the fact that she waited so late means that she really does not care. But people do it all the time. And I would say as if you see her in 2023, and the charities that she helps out, her dedication to LGBTQ plus youth, homelessness, and other causes. I feel like maybe this is just one black spot that, <laughs> no pun intended, that she's just <laughs> not going to be able to recover from. But it has obviously been seen that she's grown. She's very much more open about her thoughts and opinions, political or otherwise. She's come out as pansexual. She's both been married and divorced. And she still supports the use of cannabis, speaks out about the fact that she thought a certain way when she was younger, but with time and space and hindsight, she's been able to be educated and kind of learn lessons from some of the more ignorant things she's done over the years. So for that, if we're judging on a full picture, I, just like Kenya and others, I feel like Miley has overall been an okay person. Yeah, I feel like a lot of her scandals were nothing birders. But Miley does have a, not even just the rap, but she does have a kind of like a pattern of, she always like disavows or shits on things that she used to do, like the rap, the, the twerking. But also like, I remember she was saying that when she quit weed, she was talking bad about it, saying she like it wasn't making her right. And also vegan. She was a vegan for a while and she shit on that afterwards. Really? I read yeah. that she was a vegan and then something happened and she had to get more whatever. So she became a pescatarian. And I heard that, you know, some of the vegans and vegetarians didn't like that. I didn't like it. <laughs> and then what was the first thing you said? She was uh I'm talking about weed. Yeah, weed. I did hear for, uh, I forget which which album, but one of the albums, she did say she was sober from alcohol and weed. And uh, it made her like feel like more present and stuff. But then I heard that, you know, 
soon after she did start smoking weed again. So it could be true, uh, but that just means just like everybody else, she can't, she can't pick anything. She just constantly changes her mind. Yeah. Maybe it's a good thing. Maybe it's a bad thing, but I'll say in some of these instances, her changing her mind was a good thing. Yeah. Right. It's, so, it kind of, you kind of like look at her side eye, but it's nothing that I would like really hate on her for. Yeah. Like I said, it's a, okay. Like Miley Cyrus, the person, person, person could be a great person. As if, if you're talking about the image, you give her a C minus. Some of these scandals are not terrible. Uh, some of these, she at least came out looking better, but she could always do better. And as far as March, 2023, she's, She's doing great. She got her hit song Flowers. Her album Endless Summer Vacation came out. So she's she's at least, you know, living in her truth as of right now and hasn't contradicted herself. Yeah. Any other thoughts? No. Well, right. my, my media is Miley Cyrus, but. <laughs> that's, that's funny. Okay. Well, so to get started, we like to end each episode with a piece of media that we either want to highlight, talk to, talk to talk about or share that makes us happy, sad, or the like. And I'll let my counterpart, Jose, go first because I've been talking for a while. <laughs> so my media is Miley Cyrus's album, Yonder Now, which I do really love the album as, like, just as an album. Mm -hmm. But I always got the sense of that was not Miley. It was a few know anything of like the rumors about her and her in her marriage like it's rumored like you know he was always how calmed down or she was too much or everything mm -hmm. and i kind of feel like that album is when you lose yourself in a relationship like it's all good she's trying to say she's better she's happy but she kind of loses herself in that relationship and she actually has a quote about it she says Actually, when I look at my career, there was really a two-year or one-year period that doesn't really make sense. I think you and I probably know that it has to do kind of with that more like yonder now kind of Malibu era. I think what happened in that, which does not happen to a lot of people, which does happen to a lot of people, and it's not to villainize the partner, but you lose yourself in someone else sometimes, which was the vibe I got. So when I saw that she said that, I was like, oh, yeah, you you can lose yourself in a relationship, little pieces of yourself into, you're not standing there anymore. Mm. As Christina Yang, you're standing there with your eyebrows cut off. <laughs> Mama <laughs> took my eyebrows. <laughs> but also, I do want to say, I haven't listened to it yet, but Hits Don't Lie, we've mentioned them several times and they've been on our podcast, we've been on their podcast, but they have a Patreon episode over the Yonder Now album where they discuss it, which I haven't listened to it yet, but I'm sure it's great since all their other content is great. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I don't think that's a Miley Cyrus album for me. Honestly, <laughs> I don't think I've ever checked out a Miley Cyrus album. So I can't start now. <laughs> <laughs> but Malibu is probably my favorite song of hers. Yeah. I remember you talking about that. Well, one day. Anything else for your media? No. All right. I'll go. Mine's really quick. Uh, so uh, just like last last week, I did the OJs as a group. I'm going to do a singular person. 
my media surrounds the late actor Lance Reddick, who just recently passed, I think, a couple days ago, and I was very upset. Uh, so Lance Reddick is a, a black actor who has a lot of different bit parts and a lot of long-running shows, but some of his most memorable um, roles are he played in Fringe. He, of course, played uh, in The Wire. Love him in The Wire. Detective Daniels or Lieutenant Daniels, whichever one. And then he was in the John Wick movies as the concierge slash like front desk man. And he also played Papa Legba. Oh, I did not know he was Papa Legba. Yeah. So, you know, he's had a long story career. He's really a great, fantastic actor, very multifaceted and just definitely gives off the intense look. And so I was very upset when I heard that he died. I think the favorite thing that he's in that I watched is The Wire, which uh, I watched during the pandemic. So I just it's very close to my heart. And I was just sad that he died so suddenly, especially since he was going to be in John. Uh, well, he is in John Wick uh, chapter four. Mm. So I don't know what happens with his character now. So I'm just sad that he's gone, but he's a great actor. And if you haven't watched him in anything, you definitely should. And if you have, you probably already know how great of an actor he is. Do you have any other things to discuss? I think I did, but I forgot. Okay, let's wrap this up. Okay, that is our episode. If you want to reach out to us and give us your opinions or your media, our email is saveyoursorry at gmail.com. Same as our Instagram, saveyoursorry. Twitter, saveyoursorry. The your is spelled you are. Thank you so much for listening. It's been wonderful. Bye. Bye.